After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, guys, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly on to you. I haven't skipped a beat using Mint Mobile services. I have a great service even when I'm traveling for over less than 70% of what I was paying before. Listen to Uncle Chael and say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash chael. That's mintmobile.com slash chael. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash chael. $45 upfront payment required. That's equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Guys, I'm really into things that add more convenience to my life. It's even better when it also comes with safety in a high-quality package. I'm talking about my Eufy Video Lock. I'm still loving this thing. I love this thing so much that I'd like to invest in the company. I am so impressed with this product that I'm willing to back it. And if anyone out there knows how I can do it, please reach out. You gotta check it out for yourself. I'll probably do a quick social post, but for now, just search UV Video Lock. Do it online. It's a three-in-one smart lock, 2K camera with an audio and doorbell. It's easy to install. It has fingerprint recognition, so I don't even have to remember a code. I can control it all in an app, which again, the convenience is such a big plus for me. We are always on the go, and being able to monitor our home on the road is such a nice option. Not only that, I don't have to rush to the door if the doorbell rings. I can either open the door or ignore whoever's at the door by vetting them through the app. There is no monthly fees for security video storage. The battery is rechargeable, and each charge lasts about four months. This Eufy Lock is fantastic, and I highly recommend it. Search Eufy Video Lock online. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com backslash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your front door. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. I'm Jerry Callahan from the Jerry Callahan Podcast, and I'm taking the Browns to beat the Steelers. Bet Online has free odds and lines available online or on your mobile device. Visit betonline.net today. Ooh, 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 ooh. 
chill. There's no bad guy like Uncle Chill. Ain't never lost, not even around. Undefeated, undisputed. Oh yeah, here comes the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, Uncle Chill. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and thank you for joining another special episode of Your Welcome. Take the time to disrespect it or have a passion about it or to dissect it and point out its faults is because I care. I've only mentioned that to you because I feel maybe there's been a period of time between me complimenting boxing and making it clear that I, I really like boxing, and I greatly, I greatly respect the boxers that do it. From the hard work they put in, seeing them in the gyms, the dedication, starting at a young age. Boxing is one of those sports, if you're going to be any good at it, you have to do it every day. My every day is, is, is Monday through Friday, but without days off. A lot of competitions on Saturday. But the sports that you have to be really good at, you have to start at a young age, and you have to put a lot of time in. And that boxing also, that will extend to the trainers and the coaches. They don't get anything to do it. I mean, think about how little the, the, the 12-year-old boxer is going to make. Zero. Not even allowed. It's going to be an expense. They're going to have to raise some money to buy the shoes and have the entropies and these things. But then think of the coaches. I, I mean, just to keep the doors open, they have to get grants from the city and communities and do fundraisers. So it's, it's a very kind coach. It's a very kind gym owner. That as much as the athlete is putting in two hours a day, five days a week, how many classes are there? Right? The gym's only so big, there's only so many bags. Gym's open seven, eight, nine hours, ten hours a day. Coach has to be there for all of them. So, I mean, I, I offer that for you because I really do have a tremendous respect for the people involved and everything that it takes to make the industry of boxing move forward. I'm predicting for you right now the disaster that we're going to see moving forward in boxing, okay? There used to be a time in life where having a very good fighter amongst you was important. It could mean loss of life if you didn't have somebody within your tribe or village that knew how to fight. It could cost you land. It could, I mean, there was some very big things where fighting is how they were going to resolve it over the course of time. Of course, we are not there anymore. So a promoter at some point comes out and goes, okay, we don't really have anything to fight over, at least not historically the way we used to have to fight for things. So I'm going to put something out there called a belt. Let's see how this does. And along the way, out came some trophies and out came some medals and out came some plaques and some guys, it was a ring. But in our sport of combat, it became a symbolic material item known as a belt. And it worked. The guy who came up with that, from a marketing standpoint, it worked. I dedicated a portion of my life to go and win a material item known as a belt that if I had, I could never wear. I could never use it. I would just have it and be in possession of it. It would have brought me great pride. So I understand. I'm complimenting the belt. But we're now seeing boxing in a place where those belts are so make-believe and fake. There is no competitive architecture in boxing. It is a very rare time over the history of time that we actually know who the best boxer was at any given time. 
Sure, you could say Floyd Mayweather would be a great example where he that was a legitimate world champion. Nobody on earth could beat that guy, which is what is supposed to be the meaning of a world championship. There's not very many other boxers you could say that about. Whether they didn't stick around long enough or they ducked and dodged or nobody got them into the right matches or they used a competitive architecture against the system to deny guys their rightful opportunity. Lennox Lewis comes to mind on that. Lennox Lewis is the same age and was alive and competed at the same time as Mike Tyson. Mike would not fight him. Had they fought, in theory at least, Mike Tyson never would have been the champion. Evander Holyfield has used that same argument against Mike to say, we're not of different generations. Matter of fact, Mike, I'm two years older than you. We are not of different weight classes. I'm a heavyweight now. Evander, who made an Olympic team and medaled at the Olympics, Mike tried for the Olympic team, didn't make it, didn't get a medal. Mike was great. I am not putting Mike down. Hear me through on this. What I'm offering for you is proof that if Lennox is right, and he only had one time to prove whether he was or wasn't, and he destroyed Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, if he was right, and he had two times to prove it, and he destroyed Mike Tyson both times. If those guys are right, then Mike Tyson was never the world champion. World champion is to say that you are the best on earth at your given craft because boxing is such a bunch of crap and so poorly done with no architecture in place. You can put whoever you believe is going to be the biggest star, the biggest draw on top of the bill and then protect him and keep him there. I'm not complaining. I'm sharing with you why boxing is such a mess. But boxing is also run by guys who are not very bright. And my prediction for you as of right now and moving forward to the foreseeable future, which will probably be 12 to 18 months, and then all of those guys will be broke, is that they're going to learn one of two things from this weekend. One, they're going to think a Legends League is real and that this is a good idea. Many of you may be with them in thinking that a Legends League is real and a very good idea. Great. To get a promoter's license, guys, fill out two forms, sign the bottom of the second one, and put down $100. If a Legends League is a good idea, by all means, go down and get a license and start doing it. It's not a good idea, and you won't go and do that. But somebody will. And that somebody is a fool. You can say take everything that we enjoyed this weekend, everything that was fun Everything that was nostalgic, everything that was somewhat inspiring of seeing Mike and Roy go out there and do that and knowing their stories and what they've been through and they somehow got into shape, did their business on the scale and went out and completed the time limit. But if I was to just ask you real simply, okay, great, we're going to do a Legends League. We all agree that we love the Legends. The Legends worked. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, they worked great. They did Legends is a great idea. Okay, tell me 10 Legends. Oh, sure, I'll come up with 10 Legends. Here they are. Okay, great. Is there any one of those legends that you want to see fight another legend if one of the legends is not named Mike Tyson? Do you see the difference? Whatever they did in business, and God bless Roy, I consider Roy Jones a friend of mine. In all fairness, if Roy didn't show up, they do the same amount of business. Exact. They do the same amount of buys. They get the same amount of headlines. They do just as many pay-per-views. For sure. If Mike Tyson does not show up, none of the statements that I just said are true. None. Not even close, including your interest or mine. Or mine. Roy's never stopped fighting. Mike had even brought that up and said, man, I've been out 15 years. This guy had his last fight in 2017. But that's true. 
And the only reason Roy didn't fight in 18 or 19 is nobody offered him a fight. Roy's willing to fight. Good for Roy. But the reality is Roy did not matter in that equation at all, and neither does any other legend if you bring them in, and he is opposite of Mike Tyson. And anybody that doesn't understand that lesson is going to be missing out. And I assure you, it's going to be many people, and many people are going to lose money doing this silliness. Then you have the other side of the coin, which is Logan Paul. Now, I'm not a hater of Paul. I'm the opposite. I've been very impressed with Paul. I've been impressed with his dedication, his hard work. I've been impressed with how he markets himself and the attention that he brings in. But the people who are going to either resist that aren't going to understand we can't afford anything we're seeing here with how to star like Paul. Or they're going to go the opposite route and think, okay, Paul did all of this. He's a star. Let's get a bunch of YouTubers together and have them box. But you're going to see one of these two things. Instead of seeing somebody stand back at 40,000 square feet, observe what happened, and, and then break down why it worked. Break down all of the great things that worked. There were some real positives that came out of that fight, starting with the fact that we didn't have to see any 12-round matches. 12 rounds of boxing is painful to have to watch. 10 rounds of boxing is painful to watch. 8 rounds of boxing is painful to watch unless you make the rounds 2 minutes apiece. Then, then, then you can actually get away with something here where you don't bore your audience. And I fear that as many as excitements and good news as should have come out from Saturday, first off, on how to produce and display a boxing event, that promoter did such a great job. That black and white contrast fading into darkness, I mean, he did such a great job. The ramps, the screens... You don't need a four-man announce team. You don't need Sugar Ray Leonard or anybody else that can't share an opinion. But in all fairness, we should have learned a lot of very positive things. And we should we should be supporting what Logan Paul is doing, what Jake Paul is doing, which is to bring attention of the sport. Some of the biggest boxing events for a period of time, is least, at least in terms of being able to do it consistently, having a business that's sustainable. That you can do one might repeat the exact same stats and repeat it. Everybody's goal to business should be that, by the way. It should not be to have some idea. And then I'm going to find funding for it. And then I'm just going to hope it all works. You want to find something that you can then just duplicate. Just like, a, just like chocolate chip cookies. And they come out basically the same every time. Something that you can repeat. If you don't have something repeatable, you don't have something sustainable. If it doesn't sustain, you don't have a business. Celebrity boxing. And you guys know what I'm talking about. And no, I could not tell you a major celebrity boxing event. And you couldn't tell me one either, but we know what it is and we used to watch it. And you brought in these celebrities that had some type of a dispute. And at the end of the night, we're going to have resolution to said dispute. Fade to black, roll the credits, and come back two months later. It's one of these things that works. So we understand that Paul, who is a celebrity, who is chasing a very tough guy dream, whether he gets there or not, he is at least pursuing it, and he's working hard to do it. But if you come away and identify that Paul was the success of the night because he's a celebrity, therefore we need a whole bunch of celebrities, you're missing the point. The same as you would be if you looked at the top of the bill, which was Mike and Roy, and you go, okay, we need a bunch of legends to come in. That was the answer, and this is why it worked. No. Wrong. On the celebrity fashion, yeah, you're going to have some run there. 
That's been done over time. Celebrity boxing being a great example. That's been done over time where if you bring people in that people know about and you put them into boxing, which is a sport that everybody understands because there's only two hands and there's only four strikes that are even legal, cross jab, hook, and an uppercut. I mean, right. Everybody can figure this out and understand it. You could turn the TV on in the background while you're doing 10 other things and still know what's going on, casually viewing it. That, that idea is just going to work. You cannot be paying out the purses that you're paying out to get some of these guys to fight who don't want to fight. That's where the ugly side gets. You want to make sure that this stays a volunteer army. Who is volunteer? Who is offering to do this? Who wants to prove that they're good at something? By the way, if we find a financial reward for you, okay, great. But that needs to be second and third on the list. It needs to start with who wants to be out there. I believe that Paul has showed us that he wants to be out there. I believe that. I could be a sucker on this, but he called three guys out, and he met all of them. Those same three guys are now calling him out. Which means, one, they're not overly impressed with the skills, but two, they can see that people are stopping what they're doing to watch this guy, and if they're going to fight him, they might as well do it now because he's getting better. That's how he should have interpreted the three guys that he called out that said nothing, that are now calling him out after the fact. That's how he should have interpreted that as a compliment. They watched your previous fight. They watched this fight. They saw that you got better, and they're realizing the time to get you is now. And by the way, they might get some attention and a couple of bucks in the process. It was a big compliment to Paul whether he interpreted it that way or not. Let's go back to the legends. Legends doesn't work in this sport or in any other sport unless you have the right story. And the story of boxing as it pertains to Mike Tyson is a story that's very fascinating. It's very, very interesting. And it just never ceases to go away. He did an interview after the fact that said he's doing it for humanitarian reasons. I have the foggiest idea what it is, and if I ask Mike to spell humanitarian, he is not going to quite get us from A to Z. He then came out after the fact to let the world know that he was high prior to the fight. I don't know what that is. That's disappointing to me. I understand he is no longer a kid's and kids are no longer looking to him if they ever were, but that still disappoints me. If you're a drug addict, I just feel that you should do it the way the kids that were drug addicts when I was growing up. Keep it to yourself. Be ashamed of it and do it behind the barn privately. We can go around and around on this pot thing, guys. I don't know where you guys stand, but I will tell you this, and I'll make this statement to you. You can tell me all the good that it does for your ankle or your clarity or your anxiety. If I tell you, great, I have something that will do all of those things, but it doesn't make you high, you stop arguing. So it's not a matter of using, he's a drug addict, and he went into the ring high, and he disclosed that to the audience after the fact. And it was disappointing, and it was bizarre. As a man of courage, who showed tremendous courage, show the courage to simply say, I like to get high. Be a man about it. This is Your Welcome with Jail Sonnen. If you've ever done boxing, kickboxing, or thought about learning how, but you're just too busy, or you can't access a good boxing gym, you definitely need to check out Fight Camp. They provide everything to start boxing from home. That means amazing at-home boxing equipment, along with new boxing and bodyweight workouts released every week. It's the perfect at-home workout for anyone. For men, women, even families, great for all fitness levels, you'll love it. 
And with Fight Camp, punch tracking technology, you can see your progress, work on your technique, and compete with others, or more importantly, your past self. Fight Camp brings the boxing and kickboxing gym to you with fight-hardened trainers that combine cardio and conditioning in a full-body workout. It comes with all the gear you need. Fight Camp comes with the best freestanding punching bag available, great quality boxing gloves, quick hand wraps, and their unique punch tracking sensors that show you real-time progress and stats on an iOS device. And then, once you have all the gear, you can choose from one of six trainers with real fight experience to lead you through a 15, 30, or 45-minute workout structured like a boxing match. Three minutes of work, one minute of rest. The Fight Camp app comes with over 600 workouts and tutorials for beginners, intermediate and advanced boxers and kickboxers, and they are releasing 12 new workouts every week. Fight Camp is the perfect gift the entire family can enjoy and get competitive on. Fight Camp offers flexible financing for as low as 0% APR and $0 down. And right now, as a limited time holiday offer, get free shipping and a gift valued up to $109 with every Fight Camp package. Go to joinfightcamp.com slash welcome. That's right. Get free shipping and a gift valued up to $109 with your purchase. Bring an authentic boxing and kickboxing gym into your home with Fight Camp. To get your free gift, just go to joinfightcamp.com slash welcome. Joinfightcamp.com slash welcome. Now, back to your welcome with Chael Sonnen. Harry came out. He had a great line. Great line in terms of being funny, right? And he, he comes out and he was talking about Figueredo. He said, Figueredo is babysitting my belt. Now... At some point, this is going to get old and it's going to get boring, right? Henry's either got to get on with it or not. But we're not to that point yet. We are not. It is still fun. And it's still funny. And I think the reason that Henry is getting so much run at hinting or threatening to do something that he's showing no signs that he's actually going to do is because he keeps doing it in a clever way. If Henry came out and said, I can beat Figueredo, you know... Okay, that was boring. That was dull. But Henry doesn't. He always seems to find some new way to do it. I've never heard that term before. He's babysitting the belt. In fact, if I break that down, and if I do break that down, that I'm going way further with this thought than Henry ever intended to. But if I were to break that, it reminds me of my time in English class in college, where we had to study poetry and then come back and argue for the professor what it was about. And I remember being graded on this. And I remember being insulted to this day because the people that I was breaking down the poetry that this uh, professor went on and got a degree and decided that they got to judge my education and others was some guy that was stoned and wrote down a few words in something called a stanza. But we were supposed to make believe as college students on the pursuit of knowledge that he had some deeper meaning. So I'm going to take my professor's stance on this, even though I know Henry was just having some fun and typed it up. But let me break it down anyway, okay? Mr. Carr would be very proud of me for the lessons that I learned because he said babysitting. He said babysitting. He didn't say he's watching my belt. He didn't say he's looking after my belt. He doesn't say it's a placeholder for my belt. He doesn't, he doesn't say that's my belt and he only has it because I left. He said babysitting. 
But think of it in these terms. Stay with me. What do you guys use a babysitter for? Mom and dad are going to go to dinner. Babysitter comes over. When mom and dad come home, babysitter leaves. So is Henry saying, was this the first tip of the hat of I am coming back? And not only am I coming back, I'm coming back at 125. If that is what he's saying, the 135 pounders can breathe a sigh of relief. But apparently Henry's coming back at 125. Or he used the wrong word. Far more than likely, he just used the word babysitting. But I am choosing to look into this more analytically than the author of said statement did because I used to have to do that in English class in college when I had to break down a poem that the author never even thought of. But I do think it's interesting that he said the word babysit because that means he's coming home. That means the babysitter is then done, is relieved, no longer needed. And I'm a little bull. I'm a little bearish on that idea because it is 125. I think as a Cejudo fan, I think I would have more excitement had he said this to Yawn, to a 35 pounder. I cannot imagine Henry to ever return to 125. I thought we had very clear evidence of that when he walked away and put it up for grabs to start with. But I also understood it. We can all relate to that, right? If I'm doing the same thing for the same amount of money, for the same reward, which is a world championship, why would I want to take an extra 10 pounds off? That just sounds painful. Why would I not keep 10 pounds on, which sounds less painful, and get the same reward for the same championship in the same placement of a card, which is a main event in the same title fight because I'm the one bringing it, but do it at 135 pounds. So I do admit that I'm looking too far into this, that Henry is not coming back, comma, at 125 period. Henry may be coming back. He's giving us no signs that he is, but he's still doing his job. Henry's job right now is to make sure that he has something to come back to. To make sure that if he was to ever change his mind, he has the ability to. And the fact that Henry continues to find a way to reinvent himself, insert himself, but do it in a unique and interesting way is why he saved that division in the first place. It's why I'm sad to see him go right when I thought Henry was figuring everything out. And I'm right, he was. Proof of which would be his placement on the car, the opportunities that he was giving, and the extra zeros and commas on his paycheck. And all fair, Henry was just figuring things out. But I feel... By listening to him, even from a distance, saying terms like babysit, that he's better now than when he left. And that was only six months ago. That was in May. Henry's only been gone. It was six, seven months. And we miss him. And he is doing things right. I, I got called out over the weekend. I got called over the weekend by Vitor Belfort. And Vitor Belfort said in social media, I'm going to shut his mouth. I'm going to kick his ass. Right. And the audience just falls asleep. I'm going to shut his mouth. Whoa, that's a unique one. That's never been said before in the history of fight. I am going to kick his ass. <laughs> well, I mean, right. In the world of, wow, you really caught me off guard. How long did that take for you to think of? I'm going to kick his ass? It's a fist fight in a steel cage with a mouthpiece and short pants for the applause of a drunken audience and a pay- I'm going to kick his ass. Do you see where that's hard for me to, 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 to respect and then engage with Vitor? Do you, do you see where, where intellectually we are now at different ends of the spectrum? 
Meanwhile, Henry, to juxtapose it, came out with a new line of babysit that was also thought-provoking, all while proclaiming himself to still be the best. It was creative. It was different. It was fun. Vitor, please, pay attention. Oh, guys, guys, I almost forgot this. Let's back up. So... Mike Tyson was talking about his drug use prior to the fight. Very relevant topic. This is not me outing a guy or speaking outside of school. This is a guy whose new gimmick is, I'm the guy that likes to get high. I don't understand it or why he's doing it, but it's above board. A month ago. Hold that thought. A month ago, I had made, I was at, I remember right where I was. I was in quarantine, set up a little camera on myself. I was at a hotel at Bellator, it's in the Mohegan Sun, and I remember specifically where I was, and I made a piece, Mike Tyson on performance enhancers. Now, I was complimenting him there. Performance enhancing, like it or not, are positive terms, and I realize that athletes have come along and given them a bad rap by cheating, which is a very terrible word, but I said he used performance enhancers. This is a guy who is telling you he used cocaine, and is openly smoking dope for anybody that will watch. I lifted him up. I said he did positive performance enhancing. He helped himself along the way. His team was pissed. And I heard about it. I heard about it from Cejudo, who was calling me on behalf of the team. And I kind of blew it off because Henry and I, if you had, if you guys ever steal my phone, okay, first thing you need to do is go into my text message and Read back and forth what Cejudo and I say to one another. You you will have a great time. They're very funny, but I also don't... I didn't think a lot of it when Henry said it. Because Henry's always giving me a hard time about something, or I'm giving him a hard time about something. Then I hear from Faber. Uriah Faber. Now, that's a different deal. Faber is one of these guys who will vet anything and everything. If I hear something from Faber, I don't have to then go look into it. That's the way it is. If if Faber came to me with a business idea or a stock tip, I don't have to go look into it. If I heard it from him, he's already looked into it. One of those guys. So when Faber comes to me and goes, hey, man, guys are reaching out to me. They want to know if they can come on your show, set the record straight about what you said about Tyson and performance enhancers. So, well, yeah, of course. You're right. You're catching me off. Who wants to come on? I mean, this was a month ago. Who wants to come on? He goes, it's Tyson's team. They're not happy about it. They heard what you said, and they want they, they want to say their piece back. Well, first off, the answer is yes. Of course. If I said something about a guy, I'm sitting over by myself, and he wants to respond, whether I like it or not, yes. Fair game. I would definitely give him the time. He could come in and be nice to me, argue with me, or stick it to me. I would give him that time. But I said, Uriah couple of things here. First off, that was a month ago and nobody else said it. I was alone. Point being, even though a, a half a million people viewed my clip, it was still a month ago. I Mike got away with this one. I'm the only one. Sa- I would encourage you to encourage the team to let it go because my answer is going to be yes. And another half a million people are going to watch it again. And it seems as though you might want to just let that one ride. If I come out and do it, I mean, Coach Greg is going to make a video on Dolce. Dolce will come make a video on. I mean, just by example, there's guys that make videos on guys that have the same eyes that I do and go, "This here's what this guy's using." Now, hold the thought because this was Thursday. Okay, I'm taking you guys back. This was Thursday when Uriah says this to me. 
And I, but I said, yeah, but I told him, Hey, you know, like what I said, don't like what I said. It's been, it's gone. I'm not, if this really is something that they don't like out there, I think this, the best strategy might be not to rehash it. You consider that I'll get them studio time. And Faber came back to me and goes, we're good. They don't want to do it. How's everything else? We changed the topic and it was a dead issue, but this was Thursday. Relevance being on Friday is the way in Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. Mike looked like a, a bowl of mashed potatoes, and so did Roy. He was he was not on PEDS. So I call up my producer, Ryan. I go, hey, man, are you watching the weigh-ins? He goes, yeah, I just watched it. And I go, just see what I saw? And he goes, yeah, I've been expecting this phone call. Well, hold the thought. When we did the piece on Tyson on PEDS, his team had released a photo where he's petted out of his mind. That's not the guy that weighed in. So with my producer, we go juxtapose them and put them side by side and do the breakdown. There's still photo that his team, who's mad at me, that his team put out. They put Mike's head on a juiced out body, which is what I spoke to. (laughs) It's what I spoke to. So do I owe his team a correction? It would sound like I do. The The mashed potatoes that got in the ring against Roy Jones was not on performance enhancing drugs. The Mike Tyson that I spoke to that his own team photoshopped and released to the world was 100%. That just wasn't Mike's body. So what do I do? Do I say I'm sorry? Do I say you're right? Or do I just tell you the story as it happened? I spoke to a picture that his team, who is now mad, guy was juiced out of his mind. You could see it from the delts to the pectorals to the nipple to the lower ab, which are always going to be your biggest signs of drug use. They put his head on a roided out body. Then a bag of mashed potatoes comes and gets on the scale. So was Mike on the... No, I guess not. He says he's on cocaine, and he says that he's on marijuana. So I'm not really sure what we're arguing about. I'm arguing for you that he used scientific performance enhancing, which are positive terms. He's telling you he's a cracked out pothead. Maybe we're both right. Or maybe I'm wrong, and I'm just not man enough to admit it. I don't know. That is the story in its entirety. You have all of the pieces. You decide. You're listening to Your Welcome with Chael Sonnen. I want to thank one of my new sponsors for supporting this show. And I know a lot of my listeners, especially the hard-headed ones, are going to love them. Do you love peanut butter? Do you love whiskey? Then you're going to love Rams Point Peanut Butter Whiskey. Rams Point locks horns with smooth peanut butter flavor to create an intense spirit worth fighting for. Enjoy it as a straight shot. Put it on the rocks or as an amazing cocktail. Rams Point Whiskey is a fun addition to any party or that special night with someone special. They also have recipes that will blow your mind. Let's start with the Rams Point PB&J shot. Imagine you're at a party. The host says, who wants a shot of PB&J? Of course you're going to be in. 
one part Rams Point, one part grape liqueur, and you've just created an incredible new version of an old favorite. And you can add other flavored liquors like strawberry, cherry, or wild berry to create your own version. And this one is genius. Imagine putting your favorite peanut butter around the rim of a glass, add a shot of Rams Point peanut butter whiskey, and you've just created magic. Make sure to embrace hard-headed spirit this holiday season with Rams Point Peanut Butter Whiskey. Whether it's getting together with a group of friends, safely of course, or that someone special, or if you're just looking to relax, Rams Point Peanut Butter Whiskey is the way to go. And for the truly hard-headed, check out Rams Peanut Butter Whiskey on Twitter and always hashtag appropriately, Rams Point Whiskey, hashtag Point Peanut Butter Whiskey, hashtag Point Made. Go check it out now. Now, back to your welcome with Jail Sonnen. Guys, I had an interesting fan question. Let's take a listen. Hey, Chael. So, I'm sitting here scrolling through Instagram. I just saw that Davidson Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno is now scheduled for UFC 256, officially scheduled. And I'm thinking, if Davidson Figueroa wins, I think he's fighter of the year. I can't think of anyone else that even comes close. I think 125 has a new solid champion. I think Figueroa is undisputedly fighter of the year if he wins. What do you think? With that thought, the first time I heard that very thing, if Figueredo, you know, back in the tape, if Figueredo gets the the win here, that he's going to be the, the fighter of the year, was Ariel. Ariel brought it up to me, and he had a lot of the same points as you. A lot of it had to do with the level of activity, that should he get this fight on December 12th, that that'll mark his fourth fight within the calendar year in the middle of a pandemic. And by the way, the belt was vacated, and not only did he grab it, he even had the rematch. And, Blase, blah. I heard the argument laid out, and I don't want to be a hater. I want to be on board with that, and I don't know that I have a better one to suggest for you. Right? If I'm going to tell you that your idea is wrong, I then have to tell you what I think that the right idea is. But I will tell you without studying it on a on a glance, I'm a little bit I'm I'm sheepish on it. I'm the skunk at the garden party. Look, something matters to me that he he missed weight. He didn't even make weight in the Benavides fight. He, he got fined. He won the match but doesn't win the championship. That's a big deal to me. And as we go back and attempt to rewrite these things, apparently they don't matter anymore. I mean, apparently you can fail as many drug tests as you want. There's no asterisk next to your name. It just never happened. Apparently you can miss weight. You go out there, you get the win, record books reflected. It will never say that you had an advantage. It will never say that you didn't follow through on your word. It's just one of these things. Does that make them right or me wrong? Am I I coming to you from some kind of a weird high ground? I don't know. Maybe I am. But when I do look at the fact that Figueredo's had three matches this year and he won a championship, he missed weight. Does that one not mark against him in some fashion? And you talk about fighter of the year, there's a little bit more to it. And the punches and the kicks, too. I mean, there also has to be a star power there. There legitimately has to be, do you matter within the sport of which supports your argument? Figueredo's done a great job. He's done a great job of keeping things interesting. I mean, there's a reason that Dana's bringing him back. He could bring anybody back. 
He could bring anybody off the shelf. He could call anybody. He wants to call Figueredo specifically and had an opponent in mind. I mean, those are si- those are very positive signs. I think whatever wrongs Figueredo did in missing weight, and I understand I make it a little bit more of it than it is, but it's still a wrong. But whatever wrong, whatever level of wrong that is, if he does a quick turnaround, does a favor for the guy calling him, gives an opportunity to a new opponent on very short notice, I think that we should revisit that wrong. It would seem as though, right, how do you make, he did it wrong, but now he's doing a bigger right. And that'll be a cool move by figure If he turns around, if he makes weight, if he says yes, if he gives another opportunity, does it all by the year end, you can tell that I'm forming this idea as I'm speaking to you, right? And you're right, I am. But I am changing my own mind. There, There is something there. To, to his star power. There is something there to coming in into a division and capturing a championship and largely saving a division. I realize the topic of saving a division is not the same today as it was when Cejudo literally saved the division, but in all fairness, man, once you're on the chopping block once, you're walking on eggshells for a while. They're not on eggshells. In fact, they're going to be contested again in a couple of weeks here. Figueredo gets the credit for that. Fighter of the year. If I want to tell you he's not, I have to then tell you who is. That's hard for me to do. Performance of the year, you would have to look back at Adesanya over Paulo Costa. That would be the single scariest guy who surprised with his deficit the odds makers and everybody else. Masvidal stepping in and saving the day against Usman. Masvidal gets credit. Why does Usman get no credit? Not fair. Usman wasn't active against his choice. He wanted to fight Burns, but he didn't. And I have to operate within the year because you said the year as we're closing out. I don't want it to be Figueredo. I don't know why. I don't know why. Figueredo's never done anything to me. I don't know why I don't want it to be him. I can't offer you somebody else yet. We're going to revisit this. I'm going to work to find an answer. But if I don't, then you win. MMA into the Olympics. Khabib Nurmagomedov has set an initiative, come out publicly, and said he's going to see to it that MMA gets into the Olympics and he's going to meet with the president of the IOC to make his pitch. And... I would love to see that get done. That's a tough one. It's a tough one in both directions. Let's start with keeping it out. Keeping it out is very hard to do. Okay, It's hard to do because the sport of pancreation, which is what mixed martial arts is, it's, it's the sport of pancreation. I have the foggiest idea how they even got away with renaming themselves. Used to be in the Olympics. Now, not the modern... Olympics. We've only heard about this through legend. We don't have any video of it, but it was the national sport of Greece, and Athens is where the first ever Olympic Games were. Was taken out in 1904 or after the 1904 Games. But elements of pancreation remain today. That is where Taekwondo, that is where boxing, that is where wrestling, that is where judo come in. Elements of pancreation remain today, though the sport of pancreation no longer does. 
So it's very hard to keep it out when it has such a history and a history that elements of which are still contested to this day. There is nothing to bring validity to your sport faster or quicker or more definitively than having recognize recognition from the IOC. There, there is no way to call something a sport. To God, ah, that's not even a sport. If you're in the Olympics, can't happen, doesn't happen. That would be wonderful for MMA. Now, I don't know that MMA needs that. There's something called the UFC. There's something called Bellator. I don't, I, I don't know that it needs that like other sports do, but it would be a pretty cool thing. It would be very hard to get it in unless we can have a competitive architecture as to how are we going to do this, starting with what are they going to wear. Because the Olympics is a tournament, first and foremost. Every single sport is contested in a bracketed format. So if you are talking about doing MMA, then what are they going to wear? How are they going to fight four times in three days? Wrestling is four times in one day. They changed it. Boxing will use a a week long, but it's still a tournament. And there's still four fights over a few days in each weight class. So there's ways to do it. Boxing does it. They're out there punching each other. They shorten the rounds. That's one thing they did that would be different from what your mind may think that you see on TV. It's not going to be 15 minutes a match. You're going to shorten it to three threes or three twos. They're going to go out and prove their point. If they can get a knockout, great. It's largely going to be a positional battle. Submissions are not going to come into play quite as much. That's okay. That's okay. But how are we going to do that, including the qualifications? And with what age groups? MMA in America, as we know it, is only recognized once you turn 18. You cannot go out in a competitive situation and compete in MMA without being 18. That's, that's not true around the world. Russia, by example, we've seen the videos of it. Many people were disgusted, but they will have kids doing it. I also thought from an optics standpoint that was kind of hard to look at, but if it's either a sport or it's not, and if it is a sport, it has to be treated like the other sports. If a kid has dreams of being in the National Basketball Association, so he starts playing basketball at a young age, needs to be allowed to go and compete in basketball. I understand that fighting is different. I, I, I fully understand. I'm sharing with you these are some of the problems. I don't even have an opinion or the answer to it. I'm suggesting for you that these things will need to be figured out if you're going to make a presentation to the president of the IOC. He's going to have a couple of questions. And they've tried to get pancreation back. They've never called it mixed martial arts. They've always called it pancreation. They've tried to get it back. And the IOC, as recently as 2016, which is the last time they looked at it, kicked the can, arguing we don't have a venue for it. That's how they got away with it. I mean, that's how they could just... Turn and walk away and say, we don't want to do this. That's okay. That's a part of life. You, you get answers. But it would be very interesting, particularly coming from somebody like Khabib, particularly if Khabib has a plan. If Khabib walks in and just goes, I really love mixed martial arts. Can we get it in the Olympics? No, I need a plan. Lay this out for me. How are we going to do it? Who's going to oversee this? Are athletic commissions who oversee MMA now, are they going to oversee amateur MMA? I don't think so. No. They would have something else to do that would that would halt and stop events in their tracks. So who is going to oversee it? Because we are still talking about minors, and we're talking about a pretty damn aggressive contact sport here. 
are colleges going to get involved? I mean, right? If you're recognized from the International Olympic Committee, then there's no telling where that would end. I can remember when women's wrestling got in, 2004. But as soon as they got it, colleges started opening up and offering scholarships. It was now a recognized sport. High schools followed after that. They now have women's wrestling, a women's wrestling teams, and a women cha- uh, you know state championship at the end of the season, followed by a women's national championship. I only offer for you, there's, there's major power that the Olympics can bring, major, major power, major uh, recognition. And I think that I would love to know what Khabib's motivation is. Is it just I love the sport and I want to see more of it? I'm great with that answer. Is his idea of, hey, I love this sport and I want to see a way that amateurs can gain more experience before they're forced to get a license and jump right in there to the deep end? I don't know if that argument would hold up. I don't know if that's something we need to look at. I don't know what his motivation. I'm sharing with you. I would be curious what is Khabib's motivation. Why specifically does he want this in the Olympics? I hope he gets what he wants. I would love to see it in the Olympics. I'd love to see the elements that still remain within the Olympics. I hope that Khabib gets his way. Getting an audience with the president of the IOC is something that president is only taking out of respect to Khabib. So in many ways, we got one big shot at this, and it's Khabib. Khabib grabbed this bull by the horns for what, whatever his motivation is, and he's going with it. I want Khabib to get his way, and I want him to be ready. I don't want him to say, I'm Khabib, you respect me, here's what my wish is. I want him to have a plan, and there is going to be conflicts to this plan, starting with who is going to oversee this. Let's start with that. I think that the U.S. would be at a major disadvantage for many of the reasons that I just laid out. Primarily, we are not allowed to compete until after you turn 18. That's probably something that's going to have to be looked at and would be looked at if given recognition from the IOC. You're listening to You're Welcome with Chael Sonnen. You own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you want to know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around the home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Now, back to your welcome with Chael Sonnen. Jake Paul's team has officially contacted Conor McGregor's team for a fight. You know what? I believe it. I don't I don't think that that's hype. I will go as far as to tell you, I believe Jake Paul is going to be in there with either Conor or Floyd. And I'm not saying that I think that will be his next fight. It might be. That isn't what I'm saying. I th- this, just, this just up his alley. Right? I really think that Paul would have served himself well to tell the truth as clearly as he could tell it while trying to make this fight. I think it was the only miss that he had. When he called those two guys out, he called those two guys and Dylan Danis out. Daniel Cormier's already weighed in on that as far as on ESPN, and he took Paul. He actually took Paul over Dylan Danis. Daniel's wrong about that, in my opinion, but now we have a fight, Right. I mean, anytime you can argue with somebody, I'm arguing with Daniel. Anytime you can argue with it, you're now more invested in the fight. I think that that's a very interesting match. Set Dylan Danis aside for a minute. Take a look at Connor and Floyd. Why do I say he's going to be in there with one of the two? Look, that's exactly what Floyd is looking for right now and nothing else. 
Floyd is looking specifically to do crazy and bizarre things for a whole bunch of money. Connor's always been looking to do that. I mean, there's no secret behind that. Connor has other opportunities and other things to do right now. Floyd's sitting around. He's got no contract anywhere. I, th- I think that's a very likely fight. Very likely. Are you ready for that? Now, where I say that I think that, that, that Paul only had one miss in calling them out, I think Paul should have just been very direct to say, let's use Floyd. You could insert Floyd or Connor. Let's insert Floyd because it would be the same message. I think Paul should have said, he is a lot better boxer than I am. I am a lot bigger than he is. I will fight him in the sport he knows so well. He will fight me at what I weigh. I will never be 50 and 0. He will never weigh 190 pounds. I think he should have addressed the elephant in the room to start with, which is that he was calling out a couple of shrimps. But it's not an elephant if he just addresses it. Those guys have more experience. I have more mass. I think size matters. I'm right or I'm not. But I'll show up in these ropes to find out. I think that he just told that part of the story. I think that would have helped him. I think that would make people go, well, hmm, you know, I have always been told that size is really important. And, uh, you know, that Conor McGregor kind of bullied Floyd around a little bit. Size really does matter. I think, I think he needed that piece of the story. And I think that it's one part that is somewhat compelling, To think that a guy who had three fights, Jake Paul versus Floyd, I I get where this isn't competitive, but all of a sudden you start to have a talking point when you bring up the fact that Paul's going to get in there 45 pounds bigger. A talking, a jumping off point. But we need one. you got to start somewhere. Paul's willing to do it. This is up Floyd's alley. I would suggest that you guys had better get ready for something like that to happen. As far as Connor goes, he looks like he's a little tied up right now going to fight with Poirier. There's now a a belt up for grabs within the division. There's a lot of guys coming after him. He has other things that he at least has the option to go and do. Floyd looking for something like this. All right, guys. Good show. Thank you all for being here. And we'll be back on Friday. Until then, I'm Chael Sonnen, and you are welcome. Thanks for listening to Your Welcome with Chael Sonnen. Download new episodes every week at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. New to Podcast One Sportsnet, Michael Irvin and Ron Jaworski. The MIP. I am the MVP of the MIP. I am Michael Irvin, and I got a great show. It was a shock. It was a shock to the system. (laughs) (laughs) I went to practice the next day. I made every tackle. No big deal. Any other coach out here, you lose, you will leave too. But let me tell you what I pulled out of last week. And it made me say, oh, that's a playmaker right there. Y'all saw it. I'm the guy, right? I'm the guy. I'm the guy. Look out! Trouble is coming. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Eagles Hall of Fame quarterback Ron Jaworski. And I am so excited to bring you the hottest new podcast for the NFL and gaming. Welcome to Jaws Picks, featuring me, Ron Jaworski, as I give you my expert analysis and predictions of each and every NFL game. And you could hear the quarterbacks like it was a yeah, practice. Yeah. And, man, I was just loving hearing the quarterbacks call everything at the line of scrimmage. You know, they've kind of solved some of their problems over the last couple of weeks, man. They were getting gutted on defense, but that's 53.3% correct against the spread. Download new episodes of the Michael Irvin Podcast every Thursday and Jaws Picks with Ron Jaworski every Wednesday and Friday on all your favorite podcasting platforms.
Support for this podcast comes from Pluto TV. Guys, do you need an escape? Drop into Pluto TV for a world of free TV. Stream hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and shows all for free. Yes, free. No subscription. No fees. Imagine 24-7 channels of Narcos, CSI, Star Trek, Survivor, and everything else from hit movies to binge watch. You're going to binge shows. You're going to be up to speed on the latest news. You're going to catch live sports, comedy, and more. What are you waiting for? Download the free Pluto TV app for Android, iPhone, Roku, and Fire TV and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in, watch free.